This is Reset and can be found at mccabe.io. I'll be talking about anything that plugs in or takes batteries, mostly home automation, networking, home storage, and I'll be bringing some friends along. Reset was inspired by a bent paperclip that's sat on my desk for years. It reminds me that no matter how much we mess something up, there's usually a reset button. Let's get started. Get out of the way right now because I've got two longtime friends of mine, Mr. Christopher Kinney and Mr. Jose Ortiz, and they're with me talking about the Ecobee 3. Now, this is a Wi Fi thermostat. This is like a home automation topic tonight, but we're not necessarily doing a review. We're talking about the Ecobee 3 in our own homes, how we installed it, how we kind of lived with it, how we figured this thing out because it does take some time to get used to this. If you currently use an Ecobee 3 or you were thinking about purchasing one or, you know, another smart Wi-Fi thermostat, you need to listen to this because it's got a lot of points to it that I think is going to help you out. Some things you may not have thought about. So, without further ado, here is myself, Christopher Kinney, and Jose Ortiz. So, Jose, when was the Ecobee 3, when did that thing hit the market? Yeah, the Ecobee 3 was uh, launched June 2015. That's when it became uh, available. 2015. So this thing's been around for a while. Now, that's is that the second iteration of hardware or is that the first iteration of hardware? And Chris, if you know, you can jump in here too. Yeah, the second uh, that's the second iteration of hardware. The first one uh, launched in September 2014. So it's almost two years. Almost two years old on this product, and I don't even want to start comparing it to the other ones because we're I'm not even going to say that the Nest word. I, I said I said it, didn't I? We're not even going to compare. Maybe we can compare a little bit if we if we just have to. We're talking Ecobee three, and I know you guys have a lot of experience with that, Jose. You were in. Did you get in first gen or second gen hardware? Second gen. So I, I got mine uh, last November. Um, that was after I think I saw Dave Zatz tweeting about it. And uh, those was right around, um, you know, the Black Friday deals. Okay. Uh, and Amazon had the Ecobee with two additional sensors. So Ecobee plus three sensors total right. for uh, for 250 okay. uh, for the 250 price. So basically two two free sensors. Right. Why don't you paint me a picture of your setup real quick, and then uh, we'll get that from Chris, and then we'll start comparing notes. Yeah, so I have a, a three-bedroom home. Um, the actual thermostat is in the hallway that is essentially connects the, the three bedrooms. Um, so that in itself, the Ecobee itself, the thermostat itself, is a sensor, right? So when you kind of go and look at the sensors, that's one of the things that, that pops up. Yeah. The hallway one, for me, isn't that useful because it's a very small hallway. It doesn't really measure anything there. There's nothing there to measure. Um, but the three sensors I distributed to the places where they traffic the most. So I have one in the master bedroom, uh, one in my office, and the other one in the living room. Uh, and the living room is pretty. It has a pretty wide opening to the dining room, so those temperatures are usually about the same. So it's a good way to kind of get a measurement of 
of uh, the three main usage areas of the home. Okay. All right, so we're talking maybe a single AC unit, one thermostat, three sensors, townhome, apartment homes, regular home kind of setup. Yeah, regular single family home. Um, okay. Yeah, just one AC unit, one fur- or one furnace. Uh, that's it. One floor. Okay. okay. Now, Chris, I know, I know you're up north in Wisconsin, but you haven't had to use this with the heat yet, have you? You've only, uh, you've yeah. only run it on the AC. Why don't you uh, kind of paint me a picture of your setup as well? Yeah. So I, I actually have two thermostats. I have a two-story home uh, with a full basement underneath it up here in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. So it's actually is three floors. Um, I have the primary Ecobee is on the main floor, um, right central to the house at the bottom of the staircase, actually. Um, and it's an open floor plan. So that's pretty much a big open room. Uh, there's one. So, remote- that, so you're telling me it, you're telling me that one actually functions as a sensor very well. <laughs> Yeah, it works pretty good. And like all Jose's. The, yeah, yeah, all the foot traffic to the front door to upstairs goes right past it. So that that thermostat's fi- uh, constantly uh, sensing people in the house and saying mm-hmm. that there's someone home. Right. And, you know, that's important if you're finding this podcast and you're listening uh, about Ecobee 3. That's so important because if you do have your thermostat and it's tucked away behind a wall leading to the master bedroom, and you only go there one time per day, you know, to go to sleep, then it does not function well as a sensor. Right. So the remote sensor that came with that thermostat, it actually is in my office, which is just off of the other thermostat. The problem with my office is that it has two computers running at all times, uh, myself in it. Sometimes the dog is in there as well, and that room tends to run four to six degrees hotter than the rest of the house because mm-hmm. of all the heat from all those bodies and computers. Okay. And then um, I have a two, I have a two zone system. So I have one AC slash heating unit, but my house is zoned in so that my basement is a separate zone from the first and second floors. Um, and that's because of a remodel. The house is only three years old, but we, we finished our basement after we moved into it and we had a zone put in specific to the basement. So it has its own thermostat in the basement, and there's a remote sensor down here as well, but it's really not doing much of anything right now because it's all one big room, essentially. And that's where I'm sitting as part of that basement finished area. Okay. Um, the, the, the advantage of it is that I can see the temperature upstairs and I can see the temperature in the basement. My basement stays cooler than the upstairs, right? So I can run all the systems independently, but I can... I can uh, utilize the system to help try and cool the upstairs with the air from downstairs, essentially, is how I do it. So um, that's that's my setup. I've had it since the first thermostat I bought in June and the second one I bought in July. Okay. So during our heat wave. Yeah. Right. Okay. So that's important. And I want to come back to that office because there are adjustments within sensors that you can do to help adjust so it's not running and running and running and over averaging. Um, So my setup, I'm kind of like you, Chris. I've got a three, four, three floor house. I've got, it's different in the fact that there is a unit for each floor. So there's the upstairs unit, um, 
excuse me, there's two units downstairs in the basement, one for the basement level and one for, for the main floor. Now, I think there should be some zoning in my house, which there is not. So the, one of those floors is a very, my main floor is so spread out, it should be on two zones. So that aside, I've got an Ecobee downstairs, not downstairs, on the main floor. And that location is my master bedroom. Now it's it's a hallway leading to my master bedroom. So it's this very tight enclosed space. And every time you walk by, yes, it do, it does, it wakes up. And it wants to it wants you to change the temperature or play with the settings or something. But um, it's nice to see it right there. It's nice to see um, the nice little screen there. But it's very it's kind of useless as a sensor. So I I took that sensor and I put it not in the master bedroom but in the great room, which is nearby. So it's able to to see if someone is in the kitchen area or the great room area. And that tells the thermostat, Hey, someone's home. Maybe you should cool off, you know, go to the home schedule. Now I've got an Ecobee upstairs in like the children bedroom area and the guest bedroom area. And I've got sensors sprinkled throughout that area, but not very far. And we can get into that as well. So I have three units, but only two Ecobees. And I could get a third one for my basement area, but I don't even really know where the thermostat is down there. I've never used it. <laughs> I mean, it's a basement, right? I should never have to cool it. I should never have to heat it. So I probably need to turn the thing on every once in a while, make sure it runs. But that's the extent of it. So your basement isn't finished space? It is finished space. It's mm-hmm. definitely finished. But it's um you know, it's nice geothermal feeling area. It's underground, right? It feels really good down there. Um so Chris, you bought yours. Did you get this? Did you jump in on Prime Day? Yeah, that- my second one did. Yeah, because you're going to make us cry because you got a really good deal on that, didn't you? Yeah, I had to go look it up to see exactly what I got. So um, the original thermostat price for just the thermostat and one sensor is $249. On Prime Day, um, if you ordered through Alexa, my Echo, um, it took $79 off the price. Wow. And then if it was the first item that you ordered through the Echo, you got an additional $10 off. So I got $89 off of the $249 price. So I got my second Ecobee3 with one remote sensor for $160 plus tax that day. Wow, that's a great deal. That's yeah. a great deal. And I almost pulled the trigger on that for that for that basement area to get my third, but... I was like, no, it's still, I I don't need that. I just, I didn't need it. (laughs) I have to admit, I actually had ordered one uh, about a week earlier. Um, Someone had tweeted out that if you used uh, Alexa to order it, you got $10 off or something. Mm -hmm. You got a special price. So I did that. And then I went and looked at what it cost me. And it was actually the same thing I'd paid for the first one. And it 
wasn't necessarily a deal. It's the price you could get it for typically. So right. I went and canceled that and I just kind of sat and waited because I didn't think I needed the second one that badly until prime day. <laughs> until prime day came up. <laughs> yeah. And I got mine for, I, they were having a sale and I got mine for a decent sale. And I, even my second one I bought with uh, a two pack of extra sensors I bought. And I got a deal on that too. I think I paid 59 for mine and they're, I, I see them at Amazon right now for 79 for a two pack of sensors. So install, I thought that this was really fun for me. It was one of those enjoyable installs, but I know that it has a possibility of being not a fun install. So Jose, I'll start with you. Did you have any issues with your install of your Ecobee three? Not at all. Mine, mine was super quick. Um, all the wiring was already there. I, I didn't have to uh, do the little kind of special uh, step that if you don't have the, I forgot how many wires you're supposed to have. But mm-hmm, right. Everything that was that needed to be there was there. In fact, uh, the thermostat I replaced used like a, a little uh, jumper for to connect two of the two of the little uh, plugs or whatever they are. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I have. I have no idea what I'm talking about with this stuff. <laughs> All I know is that I followed the, the the color coding on the wires, plugged them in, the Ecobee lit up, and it, it was running. Right. So, yeah, what you're referring to is uh, the common power, which a lot of thermostats, if, if you go into a house that's either older or didn't put in a fancy thermostat, then sometimes they don't run that common power line. Sometimes they do just for the heck of it. And uh, I was fortunate and I had a couple, I think there were a couple of Honeywells and with a nice little LED screen and they had the, uh, the common power in there and looking at the diagrams in the Ecobee three install booklet, which was very helpful by the way, it was, I mean, verbatim right there. It's like, you know, your, your diagram probably looks like this and you can put it, you know, the red to any red, the yellow to any yellow, and the white here, and the common over here, you know, don't take me uh, verbatim for those colors, but um, it was very easy install, and it was an enjoyable install. It's one of those things that uh, a person that likes to do these kind of things and, and, and mess around with technology, you, you finally get to, you get a little hands-on, right? It's not just like plugging in the the AC cord and the network, and then jumping on a web browser. Now this had a little, this had a little fun to it, a little install, but I know it sometimes, if you don't have that common wire, Chris, it can be an adventure. So tell me about your setup. Okay. So remember I have two of these thermostats and my basement was a, was a, not a remodel. It was a finish. Mm -hmm. So the basement was the first one I looked at. And I think I even sent you a message that said, I got five wires. I'm all set. Right. And uh, then I decided that I would install the thermostat on the main floor first. And well, as soon as. Tell me, though, the basement was probably on the opposite wall of the unit itself, right? No, nah, it was a little ways away. And okay. it, was, it was through finished walls and ceiling and stuff. Okay. So it wasn't like easy to pull a wire if I had to. Okay. But the, uh, the upstairs thermostat. Um, it's pretty much straight above the unit. The problem is, is that 
I had the ceiling finished in the basement as part of the whole remodel. And I didn't realize that the upstairs thermostat only was using four wires. And the fifth wire had actually not been used. It was actually a four conductor thermostat wire that the HVAC guys had used when the house was built. Okay. Which is kind of crazy because the house is only three years old. (laughs) So, yeah. Anyways, I looked at trying to pull a new wire, but with the finished ceiling in the basement, I I wasn't going to get into that. I, I decided I didn't want to tear drywall down and have to finish it. And so I decided to use the power extender kit that came with the Ecobee 3. It's already in the box. You already paid for it. So I decided, you know what, I'm going to give it a try. And if it doesn't work uh, as well as I think it should, then I'll take the trouble to pull a new wire. Okay. And... I read through the instructions, like you said, and uh, remember, I'm a technical person. I I work in a technical job, so I fully analyzed everything first, double-checked some things with my multimeter, made sure I had power I was supposed to, slapped in that power extender kit, went up and plugged in the thermostat, and nothing. (laughs) So then I go back and I look at things again, and I move the wire from the RH, which is the heating connection, to the RC. It shouldn't make a difference, it said the instructions. Plug my thermostat back in, and bingo, it's all working. So I'm not exactly sure what didn't jive in the instructions, but just moving the one wire over to the terminal, which they said wouldn't make a difference, made the difference, and the thing powered on. The rest was history. It worked well. Mm -hmm. You know, so there might be a little bit of a disconnect there, maybe something in my system because I do have that zone system. So my thermostat wires go into a zone control box and not directly to the furnace uh, controller. So, but luckily, like I said, my basement thermostat had the five wires. It had the common wire. I pulled the old thermostat off the wall, put the Ecobee 3 on, hooked all the wires in and turn the power back on and that one was good to go. The most difficult part of the whole thing is I had to patch the wall in both places because I had to, the Ecobee three thermostats are smaller uh, than what was there. So I had a couple of Honeywell thermostats. And so one night, once I took them off, I had to patch the holes from the mounting of, uh, of the Honeywell thermostat. Yeah. That's good to point out. Um, the size of the Ecobee three is it's a square and it's kind of a rounded square and you do have to kind of make sure that you can get it right over that hole. Yeah. And if somebody was really liberal with cutting their holes, they may have made it too big and you may have some patching to do. So yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I, I was going to say that, um, of, fortunately for me, uh, the hole uh, that that was made for the previous the thermostat wasn't massive, but um, you know the the actual uh, wall finish behind it, it it was unfinished. And so when I put the Ecobee on there, you could see just like unpainted sections. And <laughs> and Ecobee does include like this bigger plate, right, so that you can right. you can hide that. But it looks so ugly, and the Ecobee is so like nice and small and you yeah. know shiny. And so I, I took the time to you know get some get some plaster and you know. Put it on there, sand it down, and paint it to match, and all that, just so it it, it looked nicer. But um, yeah, the the size of the Ecobee, it, it, they do have this this other kind of adapter that you put on the back that's bigger and it'll cover that up if that is the case. But right, you know, if you want to show it off a little bit more and, and make it look nice, I think that, it's worth taking the time to finish it off. Yeah, and that does come in the box, but 
you know, this is this is good information for someone listening in is think these things through. Go ahead and pop your thermostat right now and look at your wiring and then maybe head out to ecobee uh, ecobee.com and look at the directions and make sure you have that common wire. If you don't have that common wire, then you're going to have to do that adventure with figuring out the power. And this is a module that comes in the box, but you're going to have to crack open your HVAC cover and install it there. And if you don't have the stomach for that, it's going to cost you, you know, to get someone out there and do that for you. And I don't know if you guys listen to the Internet of Things podcast with Stacey Higginbotham and her co-host did this on like a hot summer day and he fried his HVAC board. Kevin Toffel, yeah. Kevin Toffel, that's right. So not only did he have to call someone out, but he had to also replace that board. So uh, it actually, I think he found a fuse that he blew. He probably got a little crazy with his wires and, and power <laughs> where he wasn't supposed to, and he popped a fuse, replaced that fuse. But a lot of folks wouldn't be able to figure that out. It, you know, so you got to be careful. You got to be careful. Yeah. It's, it is low voltage. It's uh, 24 volts AC. Um, so it's low voltage, but you still should shut the power off before you start pulling those wires around. And uh, I always double check everything before I turn power back on just to make sure I didn't stick something in the wrong spot. Yeah, good call. Yeah, there's usually a big um, on-off switch um, on your HVAC unit. You can just pop that off. And I did that too. So two flights of steps coming upstairs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, it was a great install. Mine was easy. I had uh, power in both locations. Uh, the Ecobee uh, fires up very easily. It walks you through the setup, and you are able to register that with the app immediately and jump on Wi-Fi, provide the Wi-Fi password, and you're off and running. I mean, it is. Yeah, I have uh, I have an iPhone, so when it tried to, you know, you had to configure it to connect to your network, it's really cool. It comes right up in the iPhone. It tells you there's a device that wants to connect, and you select it, and it actually connects right into the Wi-Fi through the phone and pairs it up so you aren't sitting there trying to type in passwords and things like that. Oh, really? Yeah. See, I, I don't even think I did the app at first. I did it all on the Ecobee, and it pops up a little iPhone password, a little iPhone keyboard. And I just thought it was the coolest thing ever. I'm sitting there tapping out my uh, my uh, password to my Wi-Fi. I thought it was a, a good experience. Yeah, it would have been easier on the phone. But, um, <laughs> I never even fired up the app until it... Uh, the very end, I think the very end, and for sure, with the uh, sensors. When you add the sensor, you have to fire up the app to do that. So, so we got them installed, and I don't. It, there was a learning curve for me and this thermostat. I don't know if you guys went through that. So, maybe like to you know get your feeling about your first week or two with this thing because i was i was kind of hit or miss on it a i was in a new house i didn't know uh the limits of the air conditioning unit itself and b we had a freaking heat wave and it got hot so i 
I, w- I wasn't blaming the thermostat because the thermostat is just a mechanism that says, hey, cool or stop cooling. That's all it does. Mm-hmm. But I honestly think that one of my units on one of my floors is underpowered and it needs to be zoned. And that's what kind of held me back. So I had to try to overcome that with the Ecobee and the sensors in you know, good locations. So it was kind of frustrating at first. And then until I learned also how to program it, and we can come back to that in the programming, but did Chris, did you have any of these um, issues when you first put it in? Because I know you put it in right in the, during the heat wave that I did. So th- one of the issues I have had, and I really haven't figured out yet how to work around it, was I put a remote sensor on my second floor and it was so there were certain times where it would utilize the remote sensor plus the sensor that's in the thermostat itself. And it will, I don't know what it's doing, to be honest. It's averaging the temperatures or something like that. The The net result was it was too hot upstairs <laughs> and it, the house was uncomfortable and it's depended on the, you know, I think it was typically happening when we were asleep it was using those sensors. So um, my system right now, my main floor only uses the sensor that's on the thermostat in the hallway because, like I said, it's the main traffic area. Mm-hmm. And I use the remote sensor to kind of keep an eye on my office. And so I can kind of I'm, I'm still trying to learn the system. And I know there's a bunch of things um, I've seen in some forums, including our own forums. Um you can use if this, then that kind of stuff. You can integrate it with some other stuff like smart things mm-hmm. um, to set up some rules. One of the things that I really like that I have been using is uh, there's a mode where you can tell it to just run your blower for 30 minutes an hour or five minutes an hour or something like that. I used to run my blower 24 hours a day so that air was constantly circulated in my house to keep it more constant. Uh Now it comes on, runs for two minutes and shuts off or whatever I'm telling it to do. And I don't have to run it continuous. It runs just a cycle and it's just blowing air. And I think that's fantastic. That's well worth the money right there. Yeah, that is, that is pretty cool. I got to the point on my main floor where I, well, I can't use the thermostat as a sensor because it's tucked away. But all I need is one sensor, one little sensor, because if we're in the house, we come in the house, we're usually in that area where that sensor is. So it will say, okay, someone's home. I need to go to the home schedule. And we haven't even talked about schedules yet. But so let me, let me ask Jose, Jose, did you have any type of learning curve in, um, in California there where you're at? Not initially because – so I installed it uh, towards the, the cooler uh, end of the year. Um, <clears throat> it was, uh, you know, end of November, beginning of December. Not that it gets too cold here. I was uh, L.A., that's – you took the heat on <laughs> when it got below 80, maybe. Hard <laughs> <laughs> um, time, Mosey. Yeah, but um, initially I had it – set up kind of the way that it, that it, that it comes, which is uh, automatic, right? You set your, your high end threshold, your low end threshold, and you let it worry about, um, you know, managing that, that for you, you know, when, when it hits that, that high end threshold, then it'll kick the AC on when it hits the low end, it'll kick the furnace on. Um, the, the only real learning curve 
in the beginning was trying to figure out what that kind of sweet spot was, right? In terms of making sure that everything was was comfortable. Um, I also had that initial issue of, um, I, I mentioned that the thermostat is in the hallway. And because of how the hallway is, is situated, it might report a higher temperature than the other rooms, which would impact the kind of overall uh, averaging of the temperature and, and whatnot. So, that's when I started digging into, okay, let me set up, you know, what sensors used uh, at what time and, and whatnot. So once I got to that point, um, that's when I started messing around with some of the, the other settings. Um, and then once it started to, to get warmer, I would notice that the AC would kick on, you know, maybe a little too early. It wasn't necessary yet. So um, that's when I kind of switched from having it automatic and always monitoring for either the the heater or the ac to right now i don't want the heater on at any point even if it drops below a certain threshold right so um i have it set to cool only mode right so that even if it no matter what the low end temperature is it's not going to kick the furnace on um so that's as the the months have progressed and as the weather has changed that's kind of been the learning curve uh, learning kind of what the capabilities of, of uh, each one of the components uh, in, in my uh, HVAC are, um, what, what temperatures, what thresholds to set for the house, what rooms get hot, what rooms don't. Uh, my office, for example, it faces the, the front of the house and it's a corner room. So it gets sun mm-hmm. the entire day, right? It's getting sun mm-hmm. on one wall, you know, for half of the day, other wall, the other half of the day. I have no trees on my front yard right now, so it, it you know it just gets it gets nice and toasty. So, uh, right. you know, just learning those things that's really been the learning curve as far as the actual management of the software and all that. It's been awesome. Um, I, I didn't really have any difficulty with with um, you know setting what I needed to set in there. So you guys are both using the remote sensors. Do you, have you had any problem with those staying connected? I did initially um, with a couple of them, and the, there were two things that popped up. I, I don't remember if it was towards the end of, of last year or the beginning of this year, but I guess there was a a set of sensors that when they manufactured them, they put the faceplate on like upside down or something. Right. So the little window that allows the sensor to see the room was blo- or was was facing it, so the sensor itself was blocked. Right. Uh, and so you had two options. You could either ship them back to Ecobee and they'll ship you a new one, or they just give you very simple instructions how to pop that face pay off, you know, rotate it the right way and, and put it on there. And it was cool too, because they even had a list of like, look, if your model number ends in this or has this kind of sequence of letters in the serial number, uh, you're impacted. Um, the other issue that I had and this, I found the solution for on, I think the Ecobee forums or, or somewhere out there and their support is that to your point, I kept losing connection. Like constantly I, w- I would get an email. Hey, this sensor has lost connection. Hey, this sensor has reconnected. And uh, the solution to that ended up being uh, popping out the battery and bending the contact that comes yep. into contact with the battery and bending it, you know, up to make yep. sure because it was, it was too flat. And so it was losing contact with that. Once I did that with all three of my sensors, it, it solved that issue. I've yeah. never had that issue again. That's the same exact experience I had. I knew about the uh, manufactured upside down thing. I didn't have that issue. Mine, um, 
are were manufactured later, so that had been resolved. But I think I even had messaged Dave and said something like, man, my remote sensor, I can't get it very far away from the base unit. And it keeps telling me it's disconnecting. It'll work for a couple of days and then it'll disconnect and stuff. And uh, he's like, yeah, I think I've, I've experienced that a little bit too. And I went out and searched, found exactly what you're talking about, bent the tabs up, and it has not lost connection since then. It's worked perfect. Awesome. Yeah, it, that can be annoying because it'll email you and it'll email you and say, we lost <laughs> yeah. connection. Oh, we got connection. We better yeah. email Dave. <laughs> or then, there's the message on the thermostat screen telling you. You walk know. by your thermostat <laughs> and usually it pops up and you see the temperature and the slider scale. No, no. Yeah. It turns completely white saying, I lost connection. Yeah. Yeah, that's super yeah. annoying. So let me let me take you farther. I think on the website in the instructions it says 40 feet for connectivity. Line of sight. <laughs> Line of sight is <laughs> Is that what you guys are experiencing with your sensors or are you bending the rules a little bit and getting connectivity? Mine's pretty close. So it's, I can't say that uh, I'm violating their rules. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, same here. I think, I think the furthest one is probably at, at about that 40 foot threshold. Okay. Not line of sight though. None of them are line of sight. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely breaking those rules and I know exactly how far I can get and how far I you know I have to come back. There's a couple I had this grandiose like oh I've got three rooms in my upstairs and I've got these extra sensors and I'm going to put one in each room and we're going to average them and it's like no, no you're not. <laughs> They're too far away. It's like oh, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. Well, it would, I know it would be not cost effective and not power effective, but man, if they could just be Wi Fi and average, it would be just fantastic. It is definitely something I think they would benefit from if they could improve that. The 40 feet line of sight, they're, they're using a proprietary system there, and um, it just isn't allowing the system to work to its full potential because yeah. you, they've got to be so close. It's that's a little disappointing to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Whose house is that where the, <laughs> you know, yeah, does not work whatsoever. So sensors work, they work pretty well. They can be confusing. I mean, I get confused looking at the temperature and the temperature differences and you look at it and say, well, why isn't, the thermostat on why or why isn't the ac on i'm hot you know when you look at the temperatures and you're trying to figure it out and heaven forbid if the spousal unit gets involved and they get hot or cold and they're like looking at it going well it says it's 74 <laughs> I, I know it feels like it's 72 in here you know you can be in for a world of hurt so it does take some time to you literally have to experiment. I mean, I had to experiment. And the thing that I did wrong, guys, here's what I think I did. I was trying to be too cost effective, right? So Ecobee gives you, I can't remember exactly the nomenclature of these. I need to look it up. But you get comfort settings. Okay, here they are. Away, home, and sleep. So you set your comfort settings, 
And when you're away, you want it to run up to, let's say, 78. When you're home, maybe you want it at 72, 74. When you sleep, I don't know what you guys like to sleep at, but you could sleep warm, you could sleep cool. So you set your comfort settings, and then you set your schedule. So it, it's actually a nice little scheduler. It's smart. It allows you to set one day, and then you can copy that to all, all the weekdays, and then you could set the weekend if it's different. So you kind of try to give it an idea. Okay, here's when I sleep, and I usually wake up at X hour, and you would call that home. So I'm home. You want your comfort setting, your home comfort setting while you're awake. And then you tell it your away time. Let's say you go to work at 7.30, 8 o'clock, and then you, you would set that to away. Well, let's say you, call, you get to work, you call in sick. You come home, and the sensors say, oh, Dave's back home. I better go into home mode and the comfort setting of home. So that's what it does. And I think where I got in trouble is I set my away and home way too far apart, right? So let's say I did set my home at 72. I set my away at way up there at like 78. Doesn't seem like a whole lot, but that kind of is if you're back and forth. So you leave and your thermostat and your sensors say, hey, I'm in, I'm in away mode. There's nobody here. And it's past 7.30 a.m. I'm going to away mode. And that is 78 degrees. So I'm not going to cool. And it will not cool. The, the schedule and the comfort settings work very well. You just have to tune it to your house. So then when you come home, it's 78 degrees in your house. And then you're like, oh, it's hot in here. Oh, my God. You know, I've been in here 10 minutes. I'm already hot. Why isn't the house cool? Stupid thermostat. And so did you guys run into that? I set mine way too far apart, and I had to bring them back together very slow, and it was only separated by a few degrees in my house, that is. Away doesn't get used much in my house because I work out of my house. (laughs) And there's always someone here, it seems like. So on the weekends, we're here or whatever. So what I did run into is we took a vacation shortly after installing the first one. And actually, I guess it was after the second one was installed. Because while we were away, um, this area of the Midwest got some torrential rains right here in the Madison area. Mm-hmm. I had neighbors calling me saying, do you need us to go check your basement? Some of Stop your neighbors on. have flooded, you know. You say, no, I have smart things and water sensors. Yeah. And I also <laughs> said, well, let me check and see what, what the humidity is in my basement. Because guess what? These thermostats have humidity sensors in them. Mm-hmm. So if my basement had been flooded, my humidity would have been through the roof. And I could see from my smartphone while I was in a different part of the country that my the humidity was fine. The temperature was fine. Mm-hmm. My power was on. My network was working. Smart things said it didn't detect any water in my basement. It all was great. So the problem I created was my vacation temperature was 85 degrees. Wow. Okay. <laughs> and I thought, well, the house isn't going to get that hot. Well, yes, it did. <laughs> yes, it did. <laughs> so 
when we were getting ready to come home, I was checking things. And even my basement temperature was much higher than it normally is because there was so much heat upstairs. So I decided to, about three hours from getting home, I decided I was going to override the system and I was going to tell it that we were there. Mm-hmm. And even by the time we got home, it had not been able to cool that house enough to get us back to normal. It sure. took another probably two to three hours after we got home. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. You can't go with something that, I mean, you may want to think, oh, I'm going to save lots of money. I'm just going to not run the system. But the you have to look at the the mass of the house, the heat load in the house, and what your system's capable of changing. So yeah. it, it doesn't do it fast. I mean, I think <laughs> I, what was it like? I think the average system can do like 0. 0.7 degrees per hour or something like that. Something. Don't quote me on that. I, I'm a podcaster. I don't. I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, yeah. But it, it's well, so I mean, close to that. Yeah, I'll give you a perfect example. Um, I didn't have my AC on today because that I was just in my office, and uh, what I found. So I just I just bought this place uh, last October, right? It's almost going to be a year at this point. Mm-hmm. But uh, the the AC unit that came with it is very very old, and it's very very efficient, extremely power hungry, and uh, it takes a while to cool. Uh, and so what we found with these summer months is that especially during the day. I'm in my office all day. I don't need the rest of the, the home cooled. So I ended up buying like a, a, a portable AC unit just for my office, you know, save some, save some energy, keep, keep the, the house nice and cool, or I'm sorry, the, the office nice and cool in the evening when it cools down, I can just open the windows and, and cool the house down that way. Um, but knowing that we're going to record the portable AC unit is loud. So what I decided to do is like, okay, it, it was already in the evening I was going to take my dog on a walk. Uh, let me turn the AC on so that way, you know, I don't have to have the the loud noise uh, coming over over the mic. And that was about uh, maybe hour and a half ago. Uh, it was at eighty, about almost eighty one degrees when I kicked it on. Uh, it's hour a little over an hour later, and it's just barely at seventy nine right now. Okay, so, so. I I'm, I might be right. Point seven, yeah. something, yeah. maybe a degree. If you have a huge air handler, maybe a degree. You know, I, Chris, it was awesome that you reminded me of the humidity. I, I never thought to like check that while I was away because that's a that's a good indicator, and it's just right there on the phone. There's a little uh, drop of moisture. Mine says fifty two right now. So, well, <laughs> yeah, it was it was worse earlier. Trust me. Um, it was very, uh, very muggy after we had storms roll through. So, I'm at 31 and I feel stuffy. Oh, really? Oh, geez. 51% in my upstairs and my basement's at 63%. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So, you're listening in, you're going to have to mess with your schedule and your comfort settings. And then Chris mentioned something that uh, vacation, you can schedule a vacation on your phone. Or even on the web app, I believe. Yep. Way prior to you leaving. But the cool thing is, is if you forget, you can just motor down the road and put in vacation settings. And just make sure you don't set it to 85. Knock that back a little bit. Before the, the, the great thing is, is as long as your Wi-Fi is working in your home while you're away... And as long as you have an internet connection on your smartphone through 
the cell system or Wi-Fi. You can go in and change any of that from wherever you're at. It's all going through the cloud back to the thermostats. Yes. So even if you didn't remember to put it in vacation mode, you can do it while you're on vacation. Yes. Yes, you so. can. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's got some really neat set, um, set up in it and there are some preferences in here and I'm digging around and I can't find it. So I, we're coming up onto the winter season. And I think that I'm going to have the same kind of adventure again, right? I'm probably going to yeah. mess some things up and I hope not, but um, I'll, I think it's going to be yet another learning curve. I may have to write down my summer temperatures just to make sure I keep them. Cause I think that things are going to change a little bit. Now here's one of the things where I went wrong and I found a setting to help me out. I would, I can't remember. I, I would come into the app and I would, I think I would hit the home now. If I didn't feel like it was sensing me, I would say, make it say I'm home now. Or I would go to the thermostat and run the temperature up and down, most of the time down, and say, cool me. And it would get stuck there. It would get stuck there. And I thought that I had to go back to the thermostat and retap it and make sure that it, um, it got reset back into my schedule. But there's a setting here in preferences. I don't remember where it's at. It's somewhere in here where you can tell it if you override it, at any time during the day, how do you want me to get out of that override? And I set mine to say during a normal scheduled event on my schedule, kick that override out, right? So if, let's say you don't have sensors and you just have the thermostat, you come home and it's hot because you're supposed to be in away mode. You come over to the thermostat and you run it down a couple of degrees so the air conditioner will turn on and cool the house. Well, it, the thermostat locks it right there. It's a, It locks it into that, whatever you put it at, 72 degrees, right? I tell it to, at the next interval of my schedule, which could be, let's say it's the afternoon, 4 o'clock. Whatever that temperature is, go to that. Resume schedule, I think it is. Does, does that make sense, guys? I don't know how you do yeah, how so you guys do that. Preferences has something called hold action, and it's got different settings. One is for two hours, four hours, until the next scheduled activity, which is what you're talking about. There's also a, until I change it, which means it's locked in there, which is yes. happens to be the default, by the way. Okay, so that's what was getting me. <laughs> Thank you. Yep. And then there's a decided time of change. So when you do the override, if you had decided time of change, it'll ask you how long do you want to keep it, you know. Okay. At the, Decide so. at time of change. Yeah. Sounds awesome. And I'm also looking at my app, and you can do this at the thermostat too, but you can get weather. Right there on the thermostat, you can find out what's going on outside. My daughter uses that constantly. Really? She goes up and hits the thing and shows the weather. What's the weather? I I like that. I like that someone (laughs) uses it. I don't even, I haven't even showed it to my kids because they'd be up there running up and down. What's this? (laughs) Well, the interesting thing, um, so, you know, I have a 10-year-old son that's in the autism spectrum, and he likes tablets and 
things like that. He noticed that the thermostat will change the display when it detects you. So now he walks down the steps and he stands, steps to the bottom and he pauses to watch the display change because mm-hmm. it detected him. And then he moves on in his way. He doesn't touch anything, luckily, but he noticed it changes and it's fascinating to him. And so he every time he walks by, he waits for it to change. So. Can, I, can I admit that I do that, too? <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> all right. Me and him are going to get along. I do that, too. I it's weird. Sometimes I even try to go ninja on it and I'll try to get, you know, against the wall <laughs> where it won't detect me. And then I'll zip by and I'm like, yes, I beat you. You did not detect me. Okay. So, um, because of, because of where mine is, I, I wish there was a setting to disable that feature so that it, it would, you know, it would just stay in, in dark mode or whatever, just showing it because it's yes. every time I'm walking by, it just, it triggers it. So let me let me ask you this question. That's a good question. Uh, a threshold for the sensors. You know, let's say you just come in to, you left your coffee or something, and you come in and the sensor says, oh my God, he's home. Cool the house, cool the house. You know, is there a setting in this thing for like a threshold? Like I have to be here for X amount of time before you consider me an occupied room or something like that? That seems like it would be yeah. something Ecobee could kind of consider. I've, I've ran into that. I don't know if you have. Yeah, I mean, I, I've definitely noticed it. Um, and I, I mean, same goes for away, right? How long to wait before right. to consider you away. Mm-hmm. Um I, I, I think that's something that they could add. I don't think that, at least from what I've seen, I haven't seen a feature that, that lets you do that. Set I, a, I haven't either. Set a It'd threshold. A but yeah. Yeah, it, would, it definitely would. One of the cool things is, um, is when you do come in, you know that system's working. You're in a separate room, and then all of a sudden you hear the click and the, and the whir, and the, the air conditioning unit kicks on. You're like, that's cool. That is really cool. So let me ask you, I mean, this is this is a glorified scheduler, right? Hooked up to Wi-Fi so you can see your thermostat on your phone. Do you guys find yourself using the thermostat day-to-day now? Or is are you in the, like, I set it and now I forget it kind of mode? Is, is, well, do I understand that question? Yeah, right now, because of... You know the, the circumstances that I, that I explained earlier in terms of the, the centralized unit being inefficient. Um, right now, during the summer months, I'm managing it manually a little bit more. Mm-hmm. That's understandable. Um, yeah, but I, I know in the winter, I, it was just set. It, it would just, uh, you know, before it was the, these these hot months, I would just let it take care of it, uh, take care of everything. I I, mm-hmm. I wouldn't really touch it, um, and I. <laughs> You probably have stable temperature swings too in California where you don't have yeah. super low lows and then back up to 60, 70 and then down to, you know, 25 degrees, which Chris, you're about to experience. <laughs> yeah, we definitely don't have those type of uh, uh, temperature swings. So it's it's easy okay. to just rely on on yeah. the schedule and, and it's, you know, little analytics and averaging of the temperatures of the rooms and all that too. Right. To keep the the house at a comfortable temperature. Yeah. 
Chris, are you using it day to day or are you kind of set and forget? Uh, pretty much set and forget right now. The, um, the nice thing is I can check at any time I want to, to see what's going on in the basement. Now, my daughter's had some friends over here that they've been playing video games and stuff. Cause it's still, we're still not in school yet for another week or so. Um, so I do check the thermostat there and all those kids and the heat they give off the thermostat shows that it's getting warmer in the basement, but still not high enough to kick on the AC down there. Okay. Um, so I kind of, d- I'm just hands off right now, but the, yeah, the real test is going to be when the AC doesn't need to run and we need to start heating. Um, because I do tend to heat my basement a little bit, um, but it does funnel heat upstairs. So if you heat the basement too much, then the upstairs gets too hot on the first floor and the second floor will freeze you out, which is where our bedrooms are at. So that's where I'm really looking to see what I can do with the system. Maybe use, utilize the remote sensors a little bit more and kind of get that system to balance itself out. Well, you, you mentioned that and it, maybe kind of do another turn there are low and high temperature alerts you can set with this thing yep or i guess i've never had one kick off but i guess it will email you to say hey you've reached your low temperature and man if you're not there you know something's wrong right right like your heater is um yeah that that's come in handy for me because um you know so i have a, a little dog and uh, for the most part, she spends the time in the bedroom when no one's home because I have a sensor in the bedroom. I like to keep an eye on it, uh, especially just because a few weeks ago, we just had these incredibly hot days. Um, you know, I, I, and I just wanted to make sure. And, and sure enough, there, there was one day where um, the room just got way too hot. It got it was like 90 something. And so what? Uh, luckily, I have a family that lives. Yeah, but it gets incredibly hot in here but um i have family that's nearby and i just asked her hey can can you go by and turn on the ac for 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 pebbles um again this was like the the portable unit not the central ac um she ended up coming and picking her up and everything but it's it's not and again that's another benefit of the sensor right because the sensor is specific to that room versus the living room which was much cooler at the time because it 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 wasn't at the time of day where it had gotten much much Mm -hmm. of the sun okay i need to come back to Pebbles. <laughs> Pebbles. Okay. Pebbles, yes. Big, strong, tough man. <laughs> Pebbles. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Love it. All right. <laughs> I'm just going to leave that at that. No, that's cool. Um, so, yeah, there are um, reminders here for your furnace filter. So, if you if you do like I do, you do a winter, summer uh, repeat change, but you can still set a reminder to, you know, kind of prod you to do that. Uh, HVAC maintenance reminder, which is also good. If you have like a mold lamp, there's a, a UV lamp reminder. I guess you change those. Low temperature, high temperature, low humidity, and a high humidity alert as well in the preferences. So that's that's really slick. Um, thankfully I don't have any alerts about my sensors right now. And do you guys, there are some settings in the actual thermostat itself that are not in the app. Have you run into anything like that or do you have any kind of improvements 
that would make your life easier. Just in case Ecobee's listening, right? Yeah, I I did notice one a few months ago, and I don't even remember what it is. Yeah. It, it was just something that I happened to stumble on and like, oh, okay. Um, but uh, you know, obviously, because I haven't noticed it, it's it's not a feature or something that really needs to get touched often enough for me to have noticed that I can't access it through either the the website. And that's the other, I, I think, uh, another really nice thing that, yes, it has an app, but you, mm-hmm. you can also just go to the website and, and manage it from there. So if, if you don't have the app installed, if your phone has died or whatever the case may be, maybe you're, even if you're traveling abroad and you don't have a phone with a data connection, you could just go into a, you know, internet cafe and log in and, and manage it that way. But, um, yeah, whatever that feature was, I don't remember what it is. Obviously, it, to me, it wasn't important enough for me to have noticed that I can't access it through the app or anything else. All right. Chris, is there anything that uh, Ecobee, Ecobee could do for you? Have you run into anything? or? Um, I don't think I've run into anything yet. It's, uh, like I said, it the remote features with using my phone, those have worked great for me. And, uh, um, I think, well, I'll know more once we get into the winter time, right. the winter time I think is more taxing on the system for me. Um, sure. Because you need the house to stay warm in a constant temperature in the summertime, you can adjust for a temperature variation by running your ceiling fans and <laughs> things like that. But mm-hmm. the heat becomes, I, I think in the Midwest, the heat becomes a, a more critical item. So right. that's where I, I think I'll see how it does. Oh, my question escaped me. Um, the actual website looks really neat. If you haven't looked at that, especially if you own an Ecobee, you need to log into the website because there are some like efficiency graphing that I think you have to have it running for a month yeah, in, order, in order for it to uh, gather that data. And I rarely look at this, but the homepage of your thermostats actually looks really cool. You've got the weather and you got all these big buttons. It would look really nice on a tablet, like centrally located in your home, but uh, it looks really neat. Yeah. Mine. uh, So my home IQ it's called, um, I don't have any other reports yet because my systems were installed, you know, the first one was put, I bought June 13th and the other one was July 12th. So, Apparently, it hasn't ran long enough to generate those uh, reports yet. But I can look at the system itself, um, the system monitor, which shows when it's turned on, what the what the outside temperature was based upon the local weather. Well, I can see what the the inside temperature fluctuations have been. You can zoom in on it for better detail. It shows when the fan ran was running. And then it also shows independently when the heating or air conditioning system kicked on. Now, one thing I guess I wouldn't mind having the ability to is to export that data to Excel or something like that so that I could actually look at my run times and maybe correlate it with my power usage and things like that. So that would might be kind of neat, but I'm kind of a nerd when it comes to that stuff. So you you can download it though. I think I think you could download it as as a CSV file. Oh, can you? Oh, mm-hmm. it's right at the bottom. Download data. You're right. Pretty sure I've done that before. Oh, yeah. I well, look at that. that. That feature's already there, and I didn't even know it. <laughs> CSV format. 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm looking through like weather impact and I, I kind of have to look through this. I don't see how this is working. The lines and the graphs. I'm just, I'm not an accounting nerd. I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> for, I for me, I've, I, for me, I've really enjoyed being able to, to see, um, identify kind of what the, what the peak, uh, temperature is at, at what time of day, uh, internal temperature. Right. And, Sure. Obviously, you can you can see kind of where the lines intersect with the outdoor temperature and all that, but um, you can start to see the trend and uh, you know notice, hey, you know at you know four thirty p.m. is when it, it really hits uh, a peak, and you can start doing little things to have that temperature come down, um, you know, around that time. Uh, it also gives you an idea of you know maybe you know you can preemptively run the AC unit even if it hasn't had, hit a threshold just to keep it from getting too 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 high a, a temperature. So uh, that's what I've used it for, and that's what I've found interesting is, is seeing that data. Um, and also, I mean, talk, going back to what we're talking about, you know, about how, how efficient it is or how quickly it cools the home, um, you can compare, you know, when the AC kicks on to, your, to the internal temperature uh, portion of the chart, and see, you know, how quickly that drops sure. um, during what time I'm of day. I'm seeing that now. This is a wealth of data that, yeah, you really should go through. I, sh- I should have been doing this much earlier because you can see where your efficiencies are compared to your outdoor temperature, which is also never steady, right? It's, right. it's, a, it's a moving variable right there. So, But this is really neat. Um, yeah, if you're a data nut, data nerd, and you like weather, I'm thinking that Ecobee would be uh, really neat. So um, the only other thing that I have done in my setup is you can group the thermostats together. I don't know exactly how that really helped me, except I was able to copy my schedule from one thermostat to the other, I think. I don't yeah. That was so a couple months ago. but what, what it's doing is... Essentially, you have two independent thermostats, but anytime you change anything in one, it's changed in both. Like comfort settings and schedule. Yes. Yeah. So you don't have to go to two. So everything's in sync. Now, I I looked at it, but I didn't group mine because I actually want to run my basement zone differently than my upstairs. I can see that. Yeah. So I did not group. I started to group them and then decided I didn't want to do that. Yeah, I, I, I would probably do that as well. Okay, so wrapping up, um, this thing is HomeKit enabled. Uh, it will work with smart things. It will work with Alexa. Sorry, everybody. Wing Cub. Um, what was that? <laughs> it works with Wing Cub. I, I have it hooked oh. up to Wing Cub. And okay, it, so you've got it on the Wing Cub. And yeah. so that's what I was going to ask you guys separately. Um, how are you or are you doing anything extra with your Ecobees in these other platforms? So you've got it on the Wink. So you've got it in that app itself. Yes. So it's it's really uh, in Wink. It, the, the interface is is so simplistic. It's actually I found that it's quicker to manage uh, certain settings, like even something as simple as like off and cool and heat, mm-hmm. um, just because of the, of the way you access it. Not that the Ecobee app is convoluted by any means. Uh, I've just found it, it works well. And the, the other thing that I like about the Wink app is that 
there's these uh, remotes that uh, Lutron makes that you can have trigger shortcuts uh, through the Wink Hub. Um, so what I, I have one of these these remotes, and as I was saying earlier, right now I'm, I'm managing um, managing the the Ecobee manually a little bit during these these past couple months, um, and so I have the Lutron remote that is connected to to the Wink Hub that will trigger a shortcut that will turn the the thermostat on and off, right? So okay. at night, if I'm in the bedroom and I don't, you know, I don't feel like getting up and doing it or even just taking out the phone and launching the app and all that, I just have the remote right there. I just put uh, click the button on the remote and it turns it off. Okay. Um, I do have it linked up through Alexa, so I could also, sorry, I could also <laughs> ask, I could also ask her to uh, to turn it off uh, for me. Um, and uh, shortcuts in the in the automation in the wing hub, uh, you can also set it up so that it kicks on. Going back to the whole thing about the thresholds and when it detects you as being home, through the automation, mm-hmm. the wing hub knows that you're close to home and it could kick it on, you know, before you actually get home. Okay. Yeah. Before the sensors detect you. Yeah, I'll do a little geofencing there. Yeah, that, I, I think that would be kind of neat. I, I haven't done any of this. I know that you can do that with smart things. I have, I added it to my smart things. So it's in my hub. And I've also, I'm also using a program called Smart Tiles where I can see on a web page, I can see all of my things. And uh, the Ecobee thing is uh, just up and down arrows. So from a tablet interface in uh, a common room, I wouldn't have to go to a thermostat. I could just pop it up and down if I wanted to. I do have the Amazon cylindrical thing that answers you when you say her name. But I don't – I like using it for, like, certain lights. But I just – I'm just not into that, like, I don't know, raise the temperature one degree, drop the temperature one degree. I, I'm not there yet. I have – so I have the same device. Mm-hmm. Um, and I won't, which I won't mention her name, but uh, I have trouble remembering the exact phraseology to use to enable a certain thing to happen. So you so know, is it, is it a skill? It's not like an an ingrained. Yeah. So I have enough trouble trying to get by with the English language as it is, and so, so, <laughs> so now you're asking me to remember a, a key phrase or something, and it just doesn't work. I can pick up the phone faster and use the interface there. Yeah. So that that's that's me. <laughs> or walk the whole twelve feet over to the. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I've even found that with other things, uh, with with that device, that the voice control, um, yeah, it just doesn't necessarily work that well for me because my brain doesn't work that way. I think so. Yeah, like I said, I don't, I don't mind turning on a few lamps here and there or setting a scene, but I, I, yeah, I can't remember all the stuff that it can do. I think we've almost established that target users. I sometimes I I. I moan and complain about home automation being for like the single guy in a townhome, you know, 1200 square foot place where I can like the guy drives in his garage opens, his lights turn on his coffee pot starts. 
his music on his Sono starts playing this nice little tune and his thermostat drops down to 72. And that's all just because he got close to the house in his Jaguar, right? <laughs> that's like the epitome of home automation that people make it seem like. I've never hooked up my coffee pot to my smart things. I just, I'm just never going to do that, right? So it sounds like target users, multiple uh, multiple member family in a home. This is working and it's, it's working here at my house. I, I don't even think my people know that there's an extra thermostat on the wall. And Jose, you've got uh, your place and it's, it seems to be working for you. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been great. Uh, much better than the, you know, thermostat that I replaced, which, you know, you talk about learning curves. Like I never really figured out how to use that thing. <laughs> Oh, so that's schedules, you know, tap, 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 tap. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, that's the one thing that we were trying to get away from is that kind of scheduling right there. Um, yeah, it's perfect for that. All right. Thanks for talking to Ecobee with me guys. No, no problem. Enjoy it. Yeah. Always fun. All right. See you. This has been reset a member of the Geeks Network. Check out thegeeksnetwork.com for great podcasts and forums. Reset can be found at mccabe.io, youtube.com slash davidmccabe, and on Twitter at mccabe.io. Intro and outro music by Der Lee. Find it at soundcloud.com slash music. That's D-E-R-L-E-E music. Support of this podcast can be done at patreon.com slash David McCabe and by using davesamazon.com that's a site that forwards you to Amazon and all your Amazon purchases help pay for the servers and the software that make this podcast hum right along thank you for your support and I'll see you next week on Reset